Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Bienvenue en autre épisode de le podcast. Le podcast de Tramine a gagné le spirit de Noël vivant tu Oloni. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. Et je suis Anthony. Et Tom est tu aussi insupportable et français qu'un anglais. Okay. Well, in English, I said, and I'm Anthony, and Tom is just as insufferable in French as he is in English. No, I switched to English. <laughs> and, I, and I did not have to look that up via Google Translate because I took French from kindergarten to 12th grade, even if I remember hardly anything of it now, and I can't nail the pronunciation at all. I was good at it in I school. Kill, I I've killed the pronunciation, and I have not practiced enough. You remember insufferable? Yeah. Why? It's just such a weird word to remember. I probably butchered the pronunciation, and our dear listener Claude is probably going to come back and once again tell me my pronunciations are incorrect, but... Let's stick with English. Let's stick with English. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. Here we go. We'll start with English. Because I don't want to give any love shout outs to the crap that we are piling out this week. I can't wait till you throw histories to me, Tom, later on when we get into this film. I can't wait. Before we get to the movie, like, how is the cab your cabin I vacation, feel like- Julia? Because the pictures looked so fun. Okay, so we went to um Hatchetown, Oklahoma, technically is where it is. It's right, it's the town that's right off of Broken Bow Lake in Southern Oklahoma. And one, I've never been to Southern Oklahoma, at least not that part. And it's beautiful, like so pretty, tall pine foresty areas and just rocks everywhere. Makes me very happy. Um, And we had this big old 20 person cabin, Marty's four brothers and their assorted wives and kids (laughs) added up to about 20 people. And um, it was great campfire every night s'mores every night hot tub uno on the patio played throw throw burrito we went hiking we just we had a lot of fun it was great it was like perfect relaxing time best fourth of july ever and then everybody else set off fireworks so we got to enjoy all that with no cleanup and i brought home an entire brahms bag full of rocks (laughs) i really love rocks (laughs) and we found some really cool ones so excited it's great how was y'all's fourth of july please anthony after you no no i insist after you (sighs) if i have to put up with bated breath if i have to put up with 
nice Tom on top of this crappy movie tonight. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to deal, man. I uh, do really have something nice to say. I was going to say it later, but I will say it now. I saw your post of your awesome drinking mug. Even though I'm not <laughs> a fan of the song, I loved the mug you're drinking out of tonight. Can we see it? Are you, do you still have it? I do still have it. Okay, so Julia can see it. It's baby, it's cold outside. I do love that. More importantly, in the background on the picture you po you posted, there is what looks like an adorable wedding picture. Show us that. It looked really cute. <laughs> you and Sarah look look adorable. <laughs> there you go. Oh, your Aww. babies. Your babies. Y'all were babies. So we cute. Babies. So, so cute. Do you have wedding pictures up at your house, Julia? Um, no, we don't have wedding pictures up at our house. We have all the other couple pictures, pictures we took afterwards. <laughs> we just realized, hey, we don't have family pictures around our house. So Christine just oh, yeah. got a bunch of frames and we're getting family pictures printed so we look like we actually live in our homes. <laughs> we have a ton of pictures of Ellie. Yeah. Just none of all of us. Right. Well, it's hard to get pictures of the whole crew. It is. It is. Sorry, Anthony. So what'd you do for the fourth? I sent pictures. Uh, what did I do for the fourth? You looked like you were with your whole family, weren't you? What? In a pool? I was at the pool. Yep. Jealous. I don't think I posted any pictures. I saw a picture. Hold on. Unless it was just, I don't go on to Facebook every day, so maybe it was just an old picture that popped up and it looked like y'all were all in the pool with your family, maybe? Yeah, why does that seem familiar? I feel like I saw that also. <laughs> anyway, I was, 4th of July weekend was nice. It was really hot here, so, uh, you know, actually we just laid at my parents' pool, barbecued, saw my grandparents. It was quite nice. And then, yeah, I did a lot of reading. I read that Christmas children's book trilogy that Netflix is adapting the first film, A Boy Called Christmas, and it's two sequels. Yeah. yeah. Did you did y'all end up reading those in the end? Not yet. Is it good? I went Not through yet. them in I went through them in like a day. They're really easy to get through. I mean, they're kids' chapter books, right? But uh, yeah. They're, it's very you. I think Julia will like it more than Tom. They're very British humor, and Julia yeah. tends to like that more than the out of the three of us more than anyone. It's good though. Right. I liked I liked it. They're very um. They actually reminded me very much of Roald Dahl's writing and humor, <gasps> and really because there's there's a lot of like it's like that dark children's humor, but still very children friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that's what it reminded me of. Love so I'll be curious to see what you guys think. And besides that, I went through like six different Batman graphic novels, Tom, because I was on a graphic novel role. And uh, yeah. My set gets here on Thursday. What set did you order, Tom? The Court of Owls set that we talked about on the uh, episode with Jerry Davila. Of Totally Rad Christmas. Scott Snyder, right? Yep, Scott Snyder. 
and I read the Hanna-Barbera DC comic Flintstones again. Those are really good. I really like the modern ones, right? So dark. It is, but it's like so, so dark. Relevant. I love it. So Wait, relevant. so what is that? DC did a partnership, I guess, with Hanna-Barbera, and they did some modern takes on the Flintstones. So, like, uh, Fred and Barney deal with PTSD from the wars where they took out the tree people. They have Neanderthals come and try to assimilate into bedrock, and they end up thinking they're just, like, barbaric. I'm going to share my screen real quick, Julia, because I brought up an image. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to need to see that. The Fred Flintstone looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Does this um, work with the pretense that the Jetsons and the Flintstones exist on the same time? I think they do have a Jetsons one. I haven't read it, though. Do they really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. They do have a bunch of different ones. Do you see that, Julia? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. Even deal with, like... They even deal with, you know, the abuse of animals in this world they created. How wild is that? So creative. It is. Highly awesome. recommend. Yep. I feel like y'all need to just oh like I just... set up like a monthly subscription pack for me on like comic books and you need to like graduate me into right the experience. So like Start me out pretty basic. It was something I would like that would really whet my appetite for all that cool stuff. And then you just work me up as the months go by until I'm finally at like, you know. Uh, deal. I was actually talking to Tom. I think since we're a holiday podcast, a good Patreon episode per month is doing, mini episode is do, covering the long Halloween, the Batman one, which is a graphic novel. Because every chapter takes place on a holiday starting on Halloween to next Halloween. I think I bought that on Kindle because I was so stinking impressed with Batman Noel and how they did the graphic novel, right? You remember that? I do. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think I could do this. I could totally do this. Well, I think that we should definitely start that in October and just do a year. But yeah. I did. Look- I did buy it. I did. I Good. own so, it. I so, own it. So we should totally do that starting October, once a month. Cool. But yeah, I'm looking now, Tom. Oh. They have the Jetsons do have their own. Snagglepuss has their own. Scooby Doo, all the Hannah Bar- Barbera have these darker takes. The Scooby Apocalypse. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, Anthony, when we when we run out of Christmas movies and we've covered every new Hallmark movie, you and I have a comic show, a future, a darker future. <laughs> and Julia just, too. We're not kicking her out. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so yeah, we should start. We should start promoting our um, long Halloween arc we're going to run for the show so other people can buy the book and go along with us yeah we should well here you go guys long halloween we just mentioned it boom 
Done. Cross that off the list. <laughs> There's a checklist item you know I can I... get behind. <laughs> I actually have a chance of crossing those off when we just do it right away. Uh, well, since nobody asked, I'm going to go ahead and tell. My 4th of July was awesome, too. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, I, asked you, I asked you to go before me, but yes, please. Do play the woe oh, is me was... tiny violin for yourself, Tom. Okay, so should I budget out two more minutes to do that, or should I go a little longer, a little shorter? What do you think? <laughs> what works for you? <laughs> yeah, it was Christine's birthday. Her parents came over. Ellie and I spoiled her for the weekend. I got Ellie out of. Uh, when Ellie woke up, I kept her out of the room and let Christine sleep in, which is something she all she said she wanted. Uh, and then uh, I've got to ask, what Ellie. did Ellie get her for her birthday? What did she pick out? Because I loved her uh, Christmas gift she picked out. Yeah, she didn't get to go shopping, so she just made her gifts. Oh, what did she make? That's the Which, best. A lot of drawings, a lot of pictures. That's awesome. A lot of pictures. Um, Christine got eyelashes for Christmas. I guess that's a thing. She got eyelash extensions. I mean, for, I mean eyelashes for her birthday. Yeah. She said she wanted eyelashes, so she ordered eyelashes, and she got some that are called bougie. Bougie? Get it, girl. So like, according to Anthony, that's going to fit in well in the crow house. Oh, um, uh, yeah, it is. But Aunt, uh, Christine's birthday consisted of Ellie and I getting up and doing a thorough cleaning, deep cleaning the house, Aww. making Christine lunch. She wanted something we have not had in our home and God, I don't even know how long. She wanted a tuna fish sandwich. Oh. I guess as, you know, people who don't eat meat, tuna fish is kind of a big deal. So we had tuna fish sandwiches for lunch and then we made delicious veggie. You hate tuna fish? I don't tuna like salad? any any kind of fish. Not even non-fishy fish? You don't like catfish? I hate oh. seafood in general. You don't like All catfish? All kinds of fish. Tastes like dirt. <laughs> the, the, so the only sort of fish I can even choke down, and it's only when visiting my in-laws when my mother makes it, because still after however many years, she still does not remember I hate certain things, and then I choke down her <laughs> meals. Uh, salmon is the only one I can choke down. Like, oh, and, it ha and it has to be one piece and slathered in something. Yeah. So is that fish in any form? Like that's a no to sushi. That's a no to. I wish I liked sushi, but no. Okay. I mean, the only thing I could do, being Italian, is kind of the calamari. Yeah. And the Did stuffed you like calamari and the and the stuffed clams. As long as it's the stuffed clams are not too chewy, which sometimes they are. Yeah, shellfish is kind of a totally different from fish. Love times. it all. Love I, it all. I do. I like it. Marty you does not oysters, like fishy Julia. fish. Yeah, I can eat oysters. I've never had a raw oyster, but I'd try it. Really? I've only it's had so it. Marty does not like fishy fish. He only likes fish sticks you make in the oven or tuna. And I'm like, honey, that's about as fishy as it gets. Tuna is um, about as fishy as it gets. So basically, <laughs> your husband is a four year old child. He is. That's Trust me. Trust me, you should get Sarah on for an episode. She'll tell you how I'm like a four-year-old child when it comes to eating. Until well, good for everybody. Actually, you know, things were pretty okay until I had to watch this movie. <laughs> what movie is that, Tom? 
It is the IFC French abomination called A Christmas Tale from 2008. I have no idea why it has Christmas in the name because there's nothing Christmassy about it. They, they had that one scene where there was a Christmas tree, remember? Where they're decorating the Christmas tree at that one scene. Uh, and uh, her transplant is going to take place after Christmas, so they're building up for that. Yeah. Uh, there's no Christmas magic, nothing. Okay, so let's just go through this. Yes. For one. Snarky Tom synopsis. A really crappy Villard family with absolutely no redemptive qualities whatsoever and a single family member comes together after years of banishment from one brother into this dysfunctional holiday time where the matriarch needs a bone marrow transplant. They try to reunite for Christmas and utterly fail. You leave this hating humanity a little bit more than when you started the film. We're going to assume here that silence is equals agreement, and they both agree with me on how awful this was. Somehow, this terrible, terrible movie has ended up on like the best movies of 2008. I don't, I don't know how. Unbeknownst to me. I don't know how I ended up on those lists, but I know how I ended up on our list. So let me dive into my history. So, well, I wasn't done, but okay. As always, <laughs> yeah, Tom, okay. please, please finish. I would have, I would rather watch Twilight, which came out the same year, than watch this movie. And Twilight, we've discussed numerous times, is beyond terrible. Twilight was rather way watch better the, than this movie. It most things were. I'd rather yeah. watch. Cloverfield. I love Cloverfield. Don't you insult Cloverfield. I don't. Okay, you know what? Tom's lost all credibility and he'll lose even more when I explain our histories. So I remember back earlier this year when we were sorting out our list for 2020. You know, we had our skeletal list and then we go in and fill the gaps, right? We usually start a little peek behind the curtain for y'all listeners. We usually start with, okay, these are the TV shows we're going to cover this year. And here's our big November and December mix we're going to do. And then we fill in everything in between. Usually October is easy. We pick the Halloween stuff, the scarier stuff. And, you know, we try to coordinate with holidays and stuff if there's anything like a joint holiday special. Anyway. And the things we know and like rise to the top early on. And then we just have to fill in the gaps. Right. right. So I remember when we were filling this out. Earlier today in our Chanty channel, Tom messaged me and Julia, who do I have to thank for this crappy movie? Who can I blame for this piece of crap and why did Anthony fix it? Pick it. And I just want to say right here for all our listeners to hear, this one is not on me. Yes, I pick a legendary Christmas and a Barry Murray Christmas, but I would rather watch either of those 20 times before this one again. Uh, Truly, because at least those had redeeming qualities about them. This had nothing redeeming about it. But I know for a fact it was Tom who put this on our list. And you know why I know that for a fact? Because neither me nor Julia are bougie enough to pick a fully foreign film with subtitles to put on our list and discuss. That's only Tom trying to sound fancier than he actually is. 
<laughs> so he there's he nothing put, bougie about watching foreign films he put this there's nothing bougie this, about watching foreign films <laughs> he put this on our list do you not like okay whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. do you not <laughs> oh, like is, are you gonna tell me for one minute that life is beautiful is not one of the best movies you've ever seen it is <laughs> But we're talking. Okay, bougie guy who watches movies and thinks they're good when they have subtitles. <laughs> I, I just know that <laughs> as my recollection goes, we wanted some kind of foreign movie. And while I usually throw the British movies on the list, having discovered a lot of these living abroad and thinking, you know, they're at least in English for us to do easily. I remember specifically Tom saying, oh, we should get uh, this foreign film on here uh, and uh, increase our homework and make us read the subtitles. (laughs) Okay, that all sounds like stuff I would say. But I will, but as you look at movies, this movie shows up on a lot of lists with a lot of positive reviews. And I don't know why. I have no clue why. Tom, is that why you picked it? Because it showed up on all these lists? Well, I think I was like searching for like underappreciated Christmas movies. Okay. So now we're even because I picked Better Watch Out, which showed up on a lot of those lists too. And that's why I picked it. I get it. I get it. We're we're okay. we're even. We're so so we understand each other. We too. both we both suck way more than Julia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I feel bad. I I've been trolling a little bit, but I would like to take just a moment to first of all say, listeners, if you haven't watched this movie, don't. We'll have a lot more fun stuff to talk about at the end of the episode, so it's still worth listening to. And Anthony. It is with the nothing. I come to you bearing my soul and offering my deepest, most sincere apologies for dragging you down with me into this film that is rated 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Apology rejected. 86%. It has, it has the same approval rating, literally, as Better Watch Out on Rotten Tomatoes. So me and you are now equal in everything, Tom. As much as I hate yeah, to this, admit it. I don't get it. This is why I say we trust the lies of Rotten Tomatoes. Hashtag well, fake news. Well, well, I will say, while I very much agreed with and promoted Rotten Tomatoes in an episode. I'm going to say right now, this is exactly why Rotten Tomatoes and their ridiculous <laughs> ranking system is awful, and we need to neglect it every time we cover a film, except on the Unless I agree with it. <laughs> Anthony, I'm really proud of you for being so self-actualized, self-aware in this conversation. Julia, uh, this what's movie, your history? Um, yeah, I'd never heard of it, and I hated it. Like, I really hated it. I would watch Better Watch Out before I would watch this again. I would watch Cameron before I would watch this again. Spoiler alert, I think that gives away Julia's ranking, judging from what she ranked those two films, but... 
I really, really. <laughs> so what's so funny is I jumped on Chanty because I also posted like, who can I blame for this piece of crap movie? And I did not see Tom's thing before I posted because I was like, I was hot. And I got in Chanty and I just started typing. And then I sent it and then I looked up at the feed and I noticed that Tom had posted that too. And I was like, I hate. And it's like freaking two and a half hours long. Yep, it is. I mean, Tri- I was ready to check out at 15 minutes in. I, I was, I I really don't like this movie. I, I don't like anything about this movie. Nothing. Not even the dysfunctional family. No, and that's what makes the... it even worse. <laughs> no, it so you know what poorly. makes it really bad? <clears throat> we talked about in Christmas movies, the one saving grace they always have is music, right? We said this time and time again. There, are, we've watched awful, awful, awful Christmas movies that at least we can listen to the soundtrack and be fine with. And then there's this one. And then there's this. One. All right, let's run through the cast real quick. Arnaud, um, go for it to go. Do you not want to go through the cast? No, I was just going to say, spoiler alert, I've never heard of any of these people just throwing the blanket statement out there before. Henry's the only one I was, well, besides Catherine Deneuve, Henry's yes. the only one I was familiar yep. with. Yeah. Uh, the director has done a bunch of stuff I've never heard of before. Uh, Arnaud de Deslachen has done stuff I've never heard of before. Kings and Queen, La Vie de Mort, La Vie de Mort, I don't know. My golden days. I'm looking at anything else. Nothing. Um, and after watching this film, I'm not inspired to go look at his filmography and give him any other chance. Uh, Julia mentioned Catherine. What do you know her from, Julia? Well, actually, I know her. Mentioned in Neuve. Most well, so most recently, so she's in a bunch of old movies too. But she is in, um, she's in a movie coming out that's been getting some ad revenue on like social media. And it has Juliette Binoche in it with um, cutie cute face, Ewan, not Ewan McGregor, Ethan Hawke. Um, and it's like a tribute to Catherine Deneuve apparently. And I keep seeing it pop up on my feeds and I love Juliette Binoche. And I really like Ethan Hawke, so I'm interested in seeing it. But, I mean, her stuff's mostly, like, older movies, right? Well, I know her from one of her more recent films, um, The Midwife, which is pretty good. It was a Martin Prefst film. Oh. Mm, I haven't seen it. I'm looking through. She was, on, she, had an, uh, she was in Dangerous Liaisons. She was in Eight Women. She had a, an appearance on Nip Tuck. She was in a Joe Cocker short film. I don't know if y'all know Joe Cocker. What did he do? Musician. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He. So, little known fact: there was a rivalry for years. I guess rivalry is maybe not the right word, but he and um, <clears throat> was it? Leon Russell got Joe Cocker to start, and then Joe Cocker eclipsed Leon Russell. So there was some some like resentment there. Joe Cocker did the song with a little help of my friends, and I guess she did something with him. Um, 
uh, Abel, the patriarch of this family, who for whatever reason lets his daughter tell him who he can and can't associate with out of his children for whatever reason, that's okay and accepted, is Jean-Paul Roussillon. Yeah. Uh, he was in The Revenge of the Musketeers, The Girl from Paris. Um, nothing else I've really ever heard of either. Uh, uh, Monsigny, who is y'all I'm already bored with this movie I was bored watching it um, <laughs> and now I'm even more bored watching it she was in the the movie that I that I the what was it the diving bell and the butterfly do y'all remember that one yeah yep, yep. A few of these people uh, are in that movie. Like every French actor. It's one of those yeah. situations. Kind of like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, every British actor, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Henri was played by Matteo uh, Amelric. Uh, he's the one I think we all know, right? He was in Munich and Quantum of Solace. Yep. He was. He was the most notable face. In the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, that was such a and good film. And the Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, it was. I didn't really get in to try it again. I'm, those are kind of who the main story revolves around. And we don't know anything anybody else has been in. So let's just jump into the movie. We open up with... You know, the, the, the first bit of, of controversy comes, well, we open up with a weird funeral that's super depressing and filmed really poorly with a guy that, I don't know, I just, it didn't do it for me. And it's just really trying so of, hard to be artsy. It was, it was. It was pretty bougie, even by my standards. <laughs> I, yeah. Might one say it insists upon itself? <laughs> Oh, Anthony's furiously typing. What are we looking up, Anthony? And no, I. It, the, what makes this worse is the fact that if nothing else from a French film, you expect it to be an artsy, artsy, like well shot, cinematic, beautiful presentation, right? And this like film Amelie. Yes, and this film couldn't even offer oh, that. Oh, like Amelie. And this film couldn't even offer that, and that. That's shocking to me for a French film. Because even yeah. French films, which I abhor, are beautiful normally. They are, they are known for beautiful cinematography. Mm-hmm. This movie is not. Right. No, it's not at all. That was my, that was my cheer up for Anthony right there. <laughs> <laughs> Henri is going to go to jail for terrible finances of a theater that I guess he owns. They're trying to figure out how they're going to pay for it and his dad starts to pay for it and then his sister says no I'll take care of it meet me in the hall and in order for her in exchange for her getting him out of debt and keeping him out of jail she insists that he's banished from the family and for whatever reason everybody's okay with this. The father as they're leaving is like well I'm going to have dinner with your sister and then I've got to be on a train at 10 let's have drinks at the at the train station at 9.30, 30 
just completely okay with his daughter telling him, you know, the, the terms of their family get togethers, which is just asinine to me. She's really screwed up as we can tell by her interaction with her son, uh, where we see later her son, you know, her, her relationship with her son is about as good as her relationship with her brother, where her son attacks her with a knife. And then I think he tried to commit suicide. Is that where you're supposed to get out of that too? I think so. All lighthearted fare for for self-proclaimed comedy, which I found nothing funny about this film. No. No. It wasn't it, even the, funny the trailer... in its dysfunction. It was not. No. Funny. Nope. Which is a cardinal sin for a dysfunctional family Christmas movie. It is. Yeah. Uh, so we fast forward ahead. Mom has, they've identified that mom is going to be developing leukemia and they need to test the whole family to find out who has marrow that they can transplant to, uh, try to help her as a treatment. It comes back that only Elizabeth's son and Henri fit the bill to be able to make the donation. And Elizabeth doesn't want her son, who has been institutionalized, she does not want him to donate. And so they end up contacting Henri, who shows up and breaks his banishment. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't want him to donate either. I felt it would have kept the movie 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the awful part is the whole family's just terrible. The mom takes Henri's lover, as they continually refer to her as, out shopping. The lover is not any better than anybody in the family. Although while they're changing clothes, the mother talks about how she wonders how Henri yeah, what is. What kind of lover bed. her son is? What a weirdo! What is that? That is weird. And she ends up telling his lover that she he's her least favorite. He doesn't. She doesn't like him, uh, which she's pretty. She's pretty open and blunt with throughout yeah. the film. Yeah, like he knows. We it. find out. Uh, yeah, we find out Henri has low lung nodules he's a he's a uh, habitual smoker and he's developing early stages of lung cancer and that he's not really healthy enough to donate but he's going to do it anyway he's going to help his mother who doesn't like him and again there's this whole undercurrent like because in the first 10 minutes of the movie you get this weird puppet show that explains how there was another son joseph who died very young and they just like straight up lay it out there. Like he needed some kind of transplant as well. And none of the kids that were already living could provide it. The parents couldn't provide it. They get pregnant, the pregnant baby or the baby in the womb, they tested him, which was Henri and he couldn't help save his brother. And it was just, it's so cold. And they resent definite- Henri for it. I mean, the whole movie that's part of the animosity towards him is that he couldn't save his brother. And which none of them could either. So, you know, it's obviously. Right. None of them. Fault. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. It's just. Crap. Then there's this weird relationship who I still haven't figured out who this guy is, but Ivan, which is the youngest kid, his wife, and like, who's the guy that she gets with? in the meantime, that Ivan's like totally fine with because like, whatever. I don't know. Is he just a friend? Uh, not on the I'm train, like there was some, 
there was some ch choice that was made. So like all three boys, right, were all lined up together trying to figure out which one gets the girl. And it ended up being Ivan that gets the girl. But really this other guy just really loved her way more. And she kind of loved him too. And so... You know, it, we didn't we didn't get far into this film before every ounce of happiness left me, and I thought this is one of those films, along with Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, where I think to myself, "Is it worth it? Is this podcast worth it? <laughs> worth putting us through the ringer like this?" It's not even it was all our bad films that do that, but the ones that are just ridiculously terrible. The 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 handful of zeros we have. Yeah. It's it's then I started thinking to myself, man, is it worth it anymore? <laughs> that's what no this film did to me. Qualities. That's yeah. what this film did to me. It made me lose all like <laughs> all it, just, it made me tired. Lighting liking humanity even less. Right. Yes. It's like this film was a dementor and it sucked out every single bit of happiness and hope from you and left you empty and desolate. It did. That is the title of this episode. This film is a Dementor. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, well, there are no quotes Julia, worthy of being the title, so that's as good as any. That's true. Julia, you'll you'll give it the best treatment. Do you want to finish us off with the rest of the movie? So... <laughs> I like how we all defer to Julia when we need a, to inject some kind of like <laughs> life and happiness into the plot. <laughs> infidelity abounds mom's life is saved by Henri, and you get a teeny tiny little glimpse that maybe she'll be nice to him now because he's like literally saved her life everybody leaves for the holidays um, super sad sack daughter seems a little bit happier than she was when she started maybe but we're not really sure why like i don't know why and then Absolute best part of the movie is when the credits started rolling. And I could breathe again. But, like, I was physically exhausted after this movie. And it's a slog. It's not even like one of these crappy movies like Kirk Cameron that's 88 minutes and feels like three hours. This was almost right. a three-hour film that felt like six hours. Yeah, and there was some random, like, jazz stuff in it. Was the I don't music know. the dad was listening to? I mean, well... The non-Christmas like, music uh, to go with this non-Christmas film? Yeah. I just yes. don't even know. I, it was awful. <laughs> I was regretting every minute up until when we started recording talking about it because I'm like, I wasted two and a half hours watching it. I don't want to waste any more time talking about it. Let's never make that mistake again. So what did we learn? Tom, no more foreign movies. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, after this, I will, I will recuse myself from any of those conversations. Y'all decide. Oh, <laughs> no quotes, no favorite scenes. I will say, this movie made me so tired. I forgot what I was going to say two seconds ago. Never mind. Just, it totally sucks your energy out. It it, tr it truly does. There were, hold on, give me a second. What was I gonna freaking say? <laughs> Holy crap! I have no cl no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. And it was two seconds ago. I, Walk I, through a doorway. Is that supposed to help? Yeah, they say that helps bring ideas back into your head. Hmm. 
Good to know. I'm giving this film a flow zero. I'm just saying her right now. Same. Zero. All the way. Zero. There's nothing redemptive about it. I would so much rather watch Kirk Cameron over this. It's not even funny. At least Kirk Cameron's fun to make fun of. I can't even, none of us seem to be able to even muster anything about no. this film to make fun of. No. Nope. So, so that's li- that with a perfect score of zero, that is the first film since Kirk Cameron to get zeros all across the board, tied for last place on our list. Wait, wait, wait. Was there a Linus moment? <laughs> Gosh, it was like anti-Linus moment. <laughs> and it's not a Christmas movie, regardless I mean, of the Linus moment or not. It's not. It has a Christmas tree and a few scenes and there are some Christmas lights, but it is not. Don't watch this at Christmas. Don't watch it, period. We you don't will have not to say that at Christmas. Right, yeah, Anthony, period watch, after the Christmas. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> We, we are not responsible if you go out and watch this film or have watched this film in preparation for this week and expected a lengthy discussion and we just gave you this. I, you know, I, I, I would defer to... What movie did we cover? Oh, it was Deck the Halls, where I think it was Richard Roper or Roger Ebert, one of them wrote about how you would think a film critic's job is the best in the world and they are lucky compared to a lot of other careers and they love their jobs, but it is still a job. And every now and then you find a movie so bad, it strains you completely and you have to sit there and write about it and talk about it. And it's awful. And I want to say that the three of us do this podcast for fun. We take the good with the bad. It is not always easy though. Most of the time, it's easy and fun, and between y'all and the three of us, and it's a fun experience, even though the movie is bad, but this movie, I don't know, it, it was a new low for us, and, yep. you know, it was work. It was work, even to muster that little bit of conversation we just had. I'm exhausted. We actually went into this saying none of us wanted to talk about it. <laughs> Why do we talk about other things? Like the question of the week we got that we said we'd, uh, you know, from we'll watch a buddy that we would think about for a week and talk about this week. Can I reread it just to refresh our listeners' minds? Yes, please. So six days ago on Reddit, we'll watch a buddy submitted a question (laughs) in which he asked us, if you had an infinite budget to direct the best Christmas movie TV slash TV special, what would it be about and who would you cast? Would it revolve around a magic train that was very loud, but no one heard like the Polar Express? Or would it be about a magic flying snowman that didn't have hands, but somehow stopped the boy from falling into the ocean like the snowman? Or even about a court case where Santa is put up for trial and eventually wins because the girl gave the judge some money like the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Now, gave some judge some money. <laughs> now, we actually did get two answers from listeners on Reddit. Hmm. So I'm going to read those, give us a little more time to think about our own answers. So a Thin White Duke wrote, I'd love some sort of extravagant, big budget Muppets Christmas film again. I know they've done a lot of TV movies over the years since C- Christmas Carol, but it's time for a new big budget one with lots of fun guest stars. 
I totally agree with that. I've also mm-hmm. wanted to see a Home Alone sequel since the guys of the Sequelizers podcast did an episode about a possible sequel where Buzz's kids are left home alone but some burglars arrive so they have to get help from their paranoid oddball estranged Uncle Kevin whose years of being forgotten and intact have made him a survivalist. But he learns they have to connect with his family and learn to love again to help them. It sounds hilarious and heartwarming. Uh, I love the that. the crap out of that. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of, remember, was it last year or two years ago, that one sequel idea went viral where um, yes. yep. they broke out of yep. jail and were going home, but not realizing Kevin didn't live there anymore and his mother lived there alone and she found yes. Kevin's old booby trap ideas. I'd watch the heck out of something like that. Yes. And uh, we got another answer from, I'm not even going to pr- attempt to pronounce this name, J-B-S-N-Y-T-Z. W-A-S taken. J-B-S-N-Y-T-Z was taken. And they wrote, for me, it would be a cross between Ferris Bueller and planes, trains, and automobiles. It would take place in 80s New York during Christmas. The big family rents a cabin in upstate New York during winter break. While most of the family goes skiing, some of them choose to stay behind. When the rest of the family leaves, this teen, his girlfriend, and his cousins take the car and drive down to New York City. They park the car in a parking garage and go for a day in a Christmassy 80s New York. They go to Rockefeller Center, Times Square, the original World Trade Center, etc. When they come back to the garage, they realize the car was stolen. The teens have to go on a planes, trains, and automobile-type adventure as they have to find a way back to the cabin before the rest of the family gets back. That sounds really good, actually. It does sound really good. I'd watch it. I will- I want to have a killer soundtrack, a mix of classic Christmas songs and newer songs with artists like Tyler, the creator. I definitely want this movie to have a classic John Hughes vibe to it. My preferred cast would be Caleb McGawkin, main teen, Madeline Klein, his girlfriend, China Ann McLean, and Miles Brown as his cousins, Donald Glover as his incredibly immature older cousin. I'd also love to see Paul Rudd as a reoccurring side character because I think he would be a hilarious addition. Yes. I mean, Paul Rudd would be hilarious and anything yeah. hilarious addition to anything so i would watch the heck out of both those films yeah i would too anthony you've given this a lot of thought what's your what's yours look like <laughs> wow wow way to put me first on the list here tom well you're the I, one I of the Julie three of us who didn't putting forget that <laughs> uh, i'm the one, you know people i'm just gonna throw this out there right now people on our social media have somehow transferred from constantly teasing and making fun of Tom to making me the new butt of every joke. But I'm going to say it right now, listeners, I'm the one who keeps the show together in terms of reminding them about things that need to be done. Not in terms of keeping the show as a whole afloat, because I couldn't do it without these two. But in terms of keeping people on schedule and stuff, I think I'm like the organizer. (laughs) Absolutely. It's pretty unequivocal that that's absolutely true. It's so true. y'all hey, can Anthony, make fun of me, Anthony, but what? Anthony, that's a big horn you're tooting. Yeah, but it's, also a, tr- it it's also a true one. Julia just backed Good me thing up. he's tooting that horn, because if he wasn't tooting that horn, I'm not <laughs> no, sure he would toot it. No, no one else would, because everyone likes to make Anthony the butt of every joke. All the Anthony toots a lot. All... <laughs> <laughs> That's what my takeaway from this is. Anthony likes to toot. Oh, um, you are Which is the, the word that we use in our house with with LA to equate to flatulence. Right. Um, you are the worst. <laughs> it's true. All, all I'm saying, my mom. all I'm saying, listeners, keep making fun of me, but 
Anthony keeps the show on schedule. <laughs> you know how you get people to not make fun of you, right? Uh, I'm not, I know you're not going to say stop bragging because that's all you ever do when they eventually moved on from you. <laughs> Just don't engage it. Eh. So what's your, what's your story idea? Okay, so I did not give this as much thought as you would have thought I would. But I think I would try to do some kind of modern-day Santa origin story. Because I think there's a, still a way to do a Santa origin story in the modern day, set in today, without all the technology. Or in a way that utilizes technology better than Arthur Christmas and Prep and Landing did. And I would be interested to explore that. So it would be a simple modern day Santa origin story. Um, I would probably go the route of like the Santa Claus where you still get a younger, it's a younger Santa. Not, you're not, I'm not like having two older people cast. Mm -hmm. And uh, because there would be a Mrs. Claus and I would think because there's an underrepresentation of like Hanukkah films, Jewish films. I think it'd be interesting if Santa was married to a Jewish woman. Oh. And uh, there's uh, something like, um, you know, that could be Mrs. Claus's thing. Make her more important. She carries that, you know, torch there for Santa and for the world. Like Santa carries the whole Christmas thing. She would carry the Hanukkah thing. Tom's shaking his head because he doesn't want Santa married or apparently Hanukkah would have anything to do with Christmas. And that's fine. But I think... For a modern day? No, I'm not. Tom came back onto video so you can see him rubbing his forehead and shaking his head. And mocking me, saying I am pandering to a few listeners. But no, I was thinking there would be something nice about getting some more Hanukkah representation in a holiday film too. It'd still be a Christmas yeah. film, it'd still be a Santa film, but I think just making Mrs. Claus or who would eventually become Mrs. Claus Jewish uh, would be a nice take. Something we haven't mm -hmm. seen before. And uh, yeah, some kind of Santa origin story like that. Utilizing modern technology. Mm -hmm. um, who would I cast? I'd want, again, I'd want younger people. Like, I, it's cliche to say somebody like you're such an ass. <laughs> See what I put in chat? Yeah, I did. I, oh, I shook my head. <laughs> Never played that really that. ever. That, that, that Janice? Poorly raised them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always forget uh, about how awful she is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, who would I cast for Santa? I'd want somebody like, um, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jake Gyllenhaal, somebody like that in the role. Somebody like who can play that all-around good guy, everyday good guy, because I could see somebody like that growing into Santa. For Mrs. Claus, I would want somebody like Jillian Jacobs or from Community, or Aya Cash from You're the Worst, who I think have a lot more depth than people give them credit for. Uh, especially Aya Cash, that show is amazing, and she plays the full range of Spectrum in that plus she's very pretty so she would be uh she'd be a nice match with either of those two guys so mm. yeah santa origin story there you go with miss jewish mrs claus there you go 
laugh it up. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But that's what I'd go for. Julia, I appreciate you being willing to listen with an open mind. I would, I'd totally watch that. We need a cool way to introduce people to Hanukkah, too. Like, put. Yeah, we need more joyful Hanukkah movies, please. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting. What would this woman think of her husband transforming into the, you know, this Christmas icon when she herself is Jewish? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear all the jokes about taking him home to mo- to her to her mother. <laughs> That's like the cliche, right? Joke like taking a That's Christian a- home to mother or something. That's a cliche between like um Italians. Uh, yeah. it- it- Italians. Yeah, exactly. There's that Comedian Sebastian Falco, well, Jewish... who puts it uh, Italians and Jews, same corporation, different divisions, which is 100% mm-hmm. true. Right. I like the idea of Donald Glover in a Christmas movie. He'd be good he in a Christmas is somebody, yeah. He is somebody who I think could put on a good Christmas special. When we talked about Christmas specials, he didn't immediately come to mind, but he can dance, he can sing. Yeah, he'd be could, good. He could make I would watch that. Cult- cultural commentary. Oh, and, my, and home hard. talking about cast, I would have Lin-Manuel Miranda as my elf, the head elf for this <laughs> at the North Pole. <laughs> there you go. Boom. So Joseph Gore-Levitt or, or Jake Gyllenhaal, Aya Cash or Jillian Jacobs, and then Lin-Manuel Miranda. Boom. There's my cast. The only thing and, I'm not going to agree with you there on is Julian Jacobs. So, well, that's okay. I cash would be my first choice anyway, obviously. I think that's a better one. Her. What about you guys? Uh, so I'm thinking I would do some sort of Christmas time travel movie. Um, where, uh, you know, you, you bring a dysfunctional family together who's had some issues and we go back and learn about some of their family history, not, uh, you know, have some sort of, some sort of central thing that brings them back. Like, a you know, fireplace is lighted. They tr- switch roles, go back in history and can see, you know, kind of what made each other who they were. And that somehow brings the family back together. Teach people a little bit more about empathy and understanding people's situations, even within your family. Um, or, um, I wasn't going to say a modern. Um, I wasn't. I was going to say a Santa origin story, but mine wasn't going to be modern until Anthony mentioned it. And I thought, you know, that's a good idea. But I would stay okay. completely clear of technology and pl- really play up magic in today's society. Um, I feel like a lot of our wonder well, and whimsy is gone. And so that would. Be, I would have. I just like, want to. I want to clarify because I said I, know what I you would. Mean. I would I would rely more on magic than modern technology, but I don't think you could make I, I, I would there would be still some modern elements to it is what I'm saying. Right. They would be yeah. few and far in between and utilized a lot better than Arthur Christmas and Prep and Landing. I gotta have that hot cocoa machine that, that uh, from the Santa the Claus. Santa Claus. Oh Absolutely. yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you use hot cocoa? No. Whew. Every time um, I watch that film, I don't know. Every time that hot cocoa pours comes out of that dispenser, it just makes me want to go make some, doesn't it? Oh, it does. So does every time. 
Um, man, I just feel like I'm, I didn't give it a lot of thought before this because I completely forgot. Uh, but I do like the idea of seeing Donald Glover in a Christian, in a Christmas movie. Um, a Christian movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom had to get that in there because we were just talking about Judaism. He wanted to stomp all over my oh, idea. Oh, no. <laughs> You're trying to throw me under the bus as an anti-Semite just to deflect <laughs> Anthony, you are the worst. <laughs> we'll see um, what our you'll two notice, Jewish listeners. You'll notice I really, you'll re- notice I really am not anti-Semitic because I didn't once mention any of my Jewish friends. <laughs> um, on social media, y'all, if I see one more person say my black friend thinks blah blah blah, or my white mm-hmm. friend thinks blah blah blah, I am gonna or my my you know black or my gay friend or something. I'm going to lose my mind because that person just doesn't exist. You can't even like, you, you make up an imaginary token. That's such an older person to do. That's what you expect like your 80 something year old grandmother to say. Oh, I know this lesbian, you know, like that's something I know mm-hmm. this black person. Really, grandma? You know, one black person. Awesome. That's really, that's what I think every time I see people who post things like that. It's like, oh, there's my Jewish friend. Really? You know a Jew? Congratulations. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a, somebody got autocorrected on uh, either auto, autocorrected or they were ignorant. There was somebody posting about the, the protesters throwing Mazel tov cocktails. Oh my God. <laughs> I, uh, back when Sarah used to work um, at the staffing agency, um, one of the coworkers she had was actually very Jewish, you know, like very like not orthodox, but they had observed the Sabbath, you know, weekends, they were shut down from technology, everything like that. And um, right after he got married to his, his wife, who was, seemed a lot completely different from him, like she seemed a lot more, you know, easygoing and out there and whatever. She, um, she put something on Facebook and it auto-corrected some, to, to the word blowjob. Something about thank you for the blowjobs or something. I forget what, whatever. But she did this right before Sabbath. So they shut down technology for the weekend. So all weekend, this was up. People couldn't get in touch with them because they had all their phones and everything. <laughs> shut off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cut that story Auto-correct out. Auto-correct mistakes but... make me laugh harder than just about anything on the internet. Absolutely. Uh, there was a whole subreddit dedicated to it. I mean, there's a subreddit for everything, but yep. Um, I think going on with my dysfunctional family, we'd like to see you know Donald Glover as a younger sibling and or a a, a guy that the younger sibling brings home, like a Saoirse Ronan or something. Get somebody a really strong female actress in that role, and then can have we some can we siblings. please get Danny Glover to be his dad? Since everyone always confuses those names, and we can finally have them in the same movie. <laughs> And then you're never wrong. Uh, oh, that Donald Glover Christmas movie. You mean the Danny Glover one? Yeah, yeah, they're the same one. They're same thing, same, same thing. Uh, I also think of like a Winona Ryder. I like what she's been doing lately. Uh, would like mm-hmm. to see her. I think she could do a good role in that and we could see a good transformation with her and like Eric Bana. I and love like Eric Bana. As... Me too. He's so underrated. And he to your so point, underrated. Tom, about Winona Ryder, she's really had a career comeback since Stranger Things. She has, and I think she could do something really, really, I think she could do something really well and show off, um, show a real change. Um, 
and then as far as you know parents go i'm not as as up to date thinking of older actors and actresses um i have to give that a little more thought but we need some good good strong parents in an older role maybe somebody like gabriel what's the name gabriel brine gabriel burn burn love him yeah he'd be a good dad and i don't know i'd have to find somebody to play play the mom but that's kind of what i'm thinking for a for a, some sort of holiday time travel, Christmas magic. Ooh, maybe an ornament would spin and take them back. There we go. Ooh, I don't know, something hokey. Ornament. I like it. Julia, how about I like you? that a lot. Okay, so I too completely neglected my homework and wrote down what I was supposed to think about, left it on my desk, and I'm seeing it again just now when Anthony's like, hey, remember? And Tom and I were like, oh crap. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. So thank you, Anthony, for keeping us on our toes. But he went first and he gave us a little extra time to think about it. So mine's more of a general what I would like to see, right, based on what I like to watch every other day of the year. So I would love some dysfunctional familial story, right, focuses on a family with some extensions to it, girlfriend, you know, neighbor, stuff like that. Um, expand our family unit a little bit in the same feeling as some of my favorite movies, like The Way Way Back, Away We Go, Juno, Junebug, um, Little Miss Sunshine. So, so families of that kind of dysfunctional nature. The but best dysfunctional in- nature because those films are all freaking amazing that you just right? made off. Yep. Right. And so that feeling, so where it's a little more kind of like that hipster modern feeling that those movies give off. Cause I can't think of yeah. any Christmas movies lately that have been like that, that focuses on the family and, but exists at Christmas time. So you get all the Christmas stuff looped in as well. And I mean, if I could have like the cast I would want, it would definitely be, it would include Greta Gerwig in some way because she's fantastic. Yep. Ooh. And it would have in an all-star cast in some capacity Nathan Fillion, because I love him. Uh, Paul Rudd, Steve Carell would have to be in it somewhere. Maya Rudolph, Saoirse Ronan, Rachel Weisz, Tony Klett, Chris O'Dowd, Laura Dern, Chris Cooper. And if Julia Roberts could be in it, that would be like amazing. Uh, you left off one. How could you not? How could you not have a classic dysfunctional family Christmas movie with all those actors and not include, include Cutie McCute face Dermot Mulroney. And, you know, I thought about putting Dermot Mulroney in there a little bit. <laughs> I did, it's true. <laughs> he, he needs all those A-list actors to make him come off as a B-list actor. <laughs> he really you does. Have to throw him in. <laughs> it's true. Poor guy. It's true. <laughs> Poor guy. Okay, no, I want to cast but that, sounds, that sounds amazing, though. I would watch I'd, I'd watch the heck out of that, too. Mm-hmm. I cast the parents in mine. I'm, I'm going back and changing. Okay. I want John Malkovich and Catherine O'Hara. Or O'Hara. Oh my gosh. Ooh, John Malkovich is a dad. And Catherine yeah. O'Hara's nice callback for traditional it is. stuff. She does good stuff, but I'd want her to be more of a, you know, a cross between Home Alone and Schitt's Creek. Not so far committed to either role. I narrowed down my Santa. I wouldn't 
have it be Jake. Uh, it would be Jake Gyllenhaal, not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it would be Aya Cash as Mrs. Claus, and then Manuel Miranda as the elf. The three of them. I think they'd be really good together. Also, awesome. I do just want to plug. Uh, since I mentioned Aya Cash, my latest rewatch I've been doing is You're the Worst on FX. Rachel was mm-hmm. a critical darling while it was on. Didn't get a lot. Like, it was one of those FX shows. It didn't take off for some reason. Like, uh, It's Always Sunny. Five seasons, though. Perfect. It's hilarious. It's more of a dramedy. It's like, it's just an honest look at, you know, love, heartbreak, friendship, and sex through people who suffer anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And it's awesome. The lead character is British. He's a British wannabe writer living in LA. And Aya Cash plays a music producer. And they're hilarious together. They have such great chemistry and such a great show. I highly recommend it. So check it out, y'all. Another movie idea I want to float really quickly. you have a young elf who has a specific phone-like device that she can take and deliver to other people. It was Star Bailey Madison. Oh my god! <laughs> or oh, even better for my for my time travel idea, um, the family could all get into a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> hot tub time machine, Christmas twenty twenty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just thinking of lots of terrible ideas now. I have nothing positive to contribute, which is probably means we should wrap this up. <laughs> uh, just, just one last thing, because I just plugged you're the worst. It's on Hulu for all of y'all who want to check it out. Uh, and there are a few of you who have voodoo. It's on my voodoo. Wait, so, Chris Gear is in You're the Worst? I like him. He is. He's the main character. Jimmy Shive Overly. Oh, nice. Yeah. I really liked his story arc on Modern Family. Yeah, now imagine that, but the pretentiousness played up like 20 times because he has that really pretentious British voice. That's epic. Yeah, so check out. Definitely not one to watch with the kids, but it's also not one that's overly gratuitous with language or sex or anything. It's just like an adult show. So. So tell us, folks, what is your Christmas story idea? and your ideal casting. You can tell that to us on the social medias. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter. You can find those properties by going to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook, slash Facebook group, slash Reddit, slash Instagram, or slash Twitter. And if you go to tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon, you can find something cool too. What can they find, Julia? Uh, well, lots of non-Christmassy and some Christmassy stuff on there as well. Um, so it goes all the way back to when we covered um, Hocus Pocus as a Patreon episode. And haven't we released that on the main feed? Yeah, we've released that on the main feed by now. But if you want some like early content, that's how long we've been doing it. We've had we've had some good stuff on there for quite some time. We've covered graphic novels. Sounds like we might be covering more graphic novels coming the up. The whole year. With our amazing- the whole year. Minnesota, yep, idea. Mm-hmm. Super excited about that. We also in case, get to talk. I just want to say, yeah, just to mention it again, real quick, in case it just went over your head, even though we flashed that at the beginning of the episode, starting this Halloween, me, Tom, and Julia will be covering once a month 
uh, the dark, uh, the long Halloween, Batman, the long Halloween, since every book takes place on a, a different holiday. So that will take us from October, 2020 to October, 2021. So that'll be really exciting. So reread it y'all. We also get the chance on Patreon to talk to some of our patrons. So we have some fireside chats on there. If you feel like you know us pretty well, but you want to get to know some of our listeners who are more interesting than we are, um, you can tune in there and get those episodes also where we've chatted with um, a few different people that have been longtime listeners and we get to, we get to ask them Christmassy questions about their favorite Christmassy things um, and hilarity ensues. Um, there's a lot of other non-Christmas content on there. We do Clue, the movie Clue. We have more plans to do other cult classic movies in the future. Um, we do a live watch with Elf. Um, we're, we have more live watches coming in the future. Um, we did the Santa Claus as well, where you can tune in with us and listen to us talk about the movie with friends while you watch it. Um, lots of good stuff coming. So for a minimum buck a month, you get access to all of that content. Um, and above and beyond a buck a month, different perks come into play. Um, so and check I, it out. Julia mentioned that uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the fireside chats are with our listeners who are way more interesting than us and that can be said doubly for this episode all the fireside chats are much more entertaining than our discussion of a christmas panel we can guarantee you that and Absolutely. in terms of content coming up on patreon hamilton we are covering hamilton very soon as soon as tom works on a schedule he's been busy recently but that's and one watches it and Julie mm-hmm. watches it, but that's one we want to cover this month in honor of the 4th of July holiday that just passed. We want to do that sooner rather than later. So you your schedule... the podcast wrapping. So your scheduler, Anthony, will be, you know, wrangling these two to get this recorded very soon. I want to um, go and ahead I... and, and remove the snark for just a minute and... Uh... <laughs> Let's go ahead and welcome to our two new patrons before we move on. We've got Louie Hammond and Kayla. Thank you so, so, so much for joining our patron. We hope you're enjoying the content. Be yes. sure to engage with us. Thank you all so much. We've got patrons. We have new cards. And uh, you have a card coming this year if you're giving at that level. So be on the lookout in your inboxes over the next, or your mailboxes for the, over the next uh, couple of months. You'll get some cool new stuff. Including our current stickers and possibly new stickers, which Tom is, has in the pipeline for some time this year. Uh, also, if you want to support the show in a free way, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you find these podcasts. Um, every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer all year long, whether that's 355 days per year or 300 whether that's 365 days per year or 366 days per year. Guys, this week may have sucked, but I'm kind of excited for next week. Uh, Next week, we're covering the Everybody Loves Raymond Christmas episodes, which will be really fun uh, Mm -hmm. and quotable because, I mean, again, it stars um, Peter Boyle and Doris Roberts and they're always hilarious and everything, especially when they're married. Married. 
And the week after, we are covering the 70s classic, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, which I'm also really excited for. So the next two weeks will more than make up for this past week. It will. We've got some good stuff ahead, and I'm pretty proud of what we've got, what we're going to be doing. You know what else is exciting? Um, well, it's probably I the don't, countdown, Anthony. but I don't have it pulled up. <laughs> I, I don't, Anthony, but I'm going to look it up real quick. I'm sure Anthony's already got it on since, you know, he, Probably. he's you know. the glue that holds this operation together. If there's no need to be sarcastic. I wasn't being sarcastic. <laughs> it's so hard to tell when you're what? being nice or when you're being sarcastic. You're being nice, dude. I'm throwing you some love. This is how I'm going to be treated. I'm not going to do it anymore. Know what the good news is? What's the good news, Julia? We only have three thousand nine hundred and eighty-four hours until Christmas. That is only one hundred and sixty-six days. Oh, that's crazy. That is only twenty-three weeks. We're almost out of the twenties. We're almost oh out gosh. of the twenties, y'all. It almost I mean, makes my heart palpitate a little bit. It's, it's when I Hallmark that. ornament month. Uh, the back to school stuff has started going up, not just the bare bones like we talked about last week. So, you know, that it's, it's a sign. The bare months are right around the corner, and we have a lot planned for you. And a lot of bonus we are in the, for you. We are not to the bare months yet, but we are in the Jason months. Oh, you saw Jerry's post up. Give it, give credit where credit is due. I didn't remember whose post it was. I just saw it on Facebook. It was Je- Jerry Davila yeah. from July to November. Each first letter of the month speds up, spells out Jason, mm-hmm. as in Jason Voorhees. And then listener Rebecca Bowl commented, but then you get the D. <laughs> <laughs> And on, and on that note, do your homework, y'all. Anthony? Yes? Julia? Yes? Dear listeners, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we will see y'all back here. Same Christmas time, same Christmas podcast listening app. Au revoir.